1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell
0: what's going on hockey fans welcome to pucks and bolts a brand new odyssey original podcast analyzing the tampa bay lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty and tampa bay as a hockey town pucks and bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week so to stay on top of all of the excitement around the tampa bay lightning download that odyssey app Search Pucks and Bolts. Hit that auto download button, and then you can also stream Pucks and Bolts on any of your favorite streaming platforms. Share with friends, family, other hockey fans, of course, Tampa Bay Lightning fans, guys. I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and it's time for us to dive into a brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts. So much going on, Kaylee. How are you doing? I'm excited for today's breakout. A lot of things.
1: Yeah, there's so much going on. It, it's like the lightning team is back home there's things going on um it feels like there's yeah like the even though the road trip was just three games it felt like they were gone for a while yeah it felt like a really long time for some reason um so good to have them back in town and then of course a great win yesterday um but yeah it's just exciting i i always feel like this is the the time of year in the hockey specifically that I get really, really excited because um, you're coming up on the all-star game. You're coming up on the trade deadline, um, which the lightning usually always makes some fun moves. Um, so I'll be keeping my eyes on them and Julian Breeze. Um, so yeah, I just get really excited. It just feels like from the beginning of the year until playoffs, it goes by so fast because it's essentially just three months and in the first month, you have the all-star break. In the second month, you have the trade deadline. And then it's like, okay, home run. Like, yeah. now it's March. Who's Who has the points? Where are we going? What, what's happening? Who's in? Who's out? Um, yeah. So it's like the exciting time of year where there's so much going on. But it's also like you have to keep your head on straight because there's so much going on.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's honestly like head on a swivel kind of situation. I mean, I swear just a week ago, we were talking to these guys about – you know, that 20, 25% of the way into the season. And then today, like, well, guys, we're basically at that halfway point. Uh, Once getting back from All-Star Week, you know, what are your thoughts? Where's the team at? How are things going? And yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting, you mentioned the road trip, Kaylee. Of course, Bolts fans, if you haven't heard by now, Victor Hedman did have to leave the road trip early to go be with his wife, who was ready and expecting their second baby coming along. And the good news is, guys, is that uh, baby Hedman number two, a baby boy, came into the world on Monday. Um, Hedman, after the game yesterday, somebody asked, you know, what's this whirlwind been like between coming home, waiting for your wife to have the baby, having the baby yesterday? And he's like, well, I got a nap in today. (laughs) I thought that was a fantastic answer because, you know, these guys have such regimens because of how much work they put their body through and the athleticism required of of these guys in hockey. And to be like, you know what? I was able to be there for my wife. I was able to be there for my kid. I took a power nap. Here I am. And uh, we'll get into more of what Hedman did on the ice yesterday. But that was probably the first exciting thing, you know? These guys juggle so much in their life and then to still – show up and be a parent and have these magical moments in season and stuff. I can only imagine, you know, the waving of emotions that that all wrap into it. So big congratulations uh, to Hedy and his wife and uh, their second baby. And I think, I think their, their son's name is, is your son's name, Kaylee.
1: Yeah. It's their first son's name. This is like a total coincidence. This is not like, this wasn't intentional whatsoever. Um, but I was actually going to say, so their their new son that they just had, and I hope I'm pronouncing this name correctly. Um, but it's Vigo, um, V I G G O is the mm-hmm. is the second baby's name. Their first, first son <laughs> is named Rio, R I O. Um, and if this is news to you, uh, Victor Hedman is a very very big soccer fan, that so is. he named his first son Rio after the soccer player, Rio. <laughs> uh, and then come to find out, I, and and Victor's a very private guy. He doesn't really like talk very mm-hmm. openly and like a ton about his family and what's going on. And also it was kind of like during the COVID era that they had uh, their first son, Rio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was pregnant with my first son also during the same like COVID era time. So I think maybe like, three months after like three or four months after victor had his rio i gave birth to my first son who we named macario uh which means like blessed and loved and 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 happy um and so we call him for short rio because that rio is a cool nickname yeah, um, so his full I name is it. Macaria, but we call him Rio. So <laughs> Victor Hedman and I <laughs> both have sons that are named Rio,
0: our first sons. Same um, within the, the same time span, nearly. That's so within funny. Within
1: the same time span, I know. Hmm. I didn't even think it was going to be like a super popular name. And then come <laughs> to find out, like a guy that I like know. I mean fairly well like work with you know right. in, in some capacity his son is named Rio as well it was a surprise to me I I honestly did not know it until afterwards I was talking to some of the Tampa Bay Lightning staff and I was like oh yeah my son da 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 Rio and they were like oh yeah like Victor like Victor's kid <laughs> and I was like I didn't oh. know that I had no idea um, this is so. a funny coincidence. I guess great minds think alike, right, Casey? There you go. Um, it's the best way to put yes. it. Victor Hedman's second son, Viggo, Um, such, you know, so, so happy for him and his wife. Um, it is a joy to be a parent. Uh, and their first son is so cute. So I'm sure okay, that Vigo yes. is also like just super, super cute. So very, very excited for him. And you see a lot of that going on. There's a lot of guys in this lightning organization Mm -hmm. that are starting their families who are having kids, um, are at that age where, where they are, you know, getting bigger families and wanting to grow their families. And that's Casey, a, a reason why guys like, um, Nick Paul guys like Pierre-Edouard Belmar guys like Corey Perry have decided guys like Pat Maroon have decided to s- stick around this Tampa Bay lightning team because the older guys like it's it, there's like this like beauty of like fatherhood that they get to do together Um yeah. you look at like Zach Bogosian like his wife just had their baby during the last Stanley Cup run like she took the baby to the rink at two weeks old. And I was like, Oh my gosh, girl, how do you even do this? And she was like, Oh, as you know, she was like, as you have more of them, it gets easier and you just kind of figure it out. And it just feels less. Right. Chaotic. It's so when you're, when you're, yeah. But yeah, two weeks old, like held the little baby up while like Bogo was like, you know, skating on the ice and oh my gosh, so wild. So um, kudos to the wives uh, of these players as well, and the yes. families of these players, because uh, they I remember talking to Kevin Chattenkirk one time when he was still on the team, and he told me that on game nights that his wife um would sleep in the guest bedroom so that he could like get like a really, really good night's sleep like the night before a game oh that God, she was in the guest God. bedroom during the season so that he could get a really good night's sleep and then like wake up with the babies and, and, and with the kids so that he wouldn't, um, so that he wouldn't wake up. Cause I guess he was like a little bit of a lighter sleeper, but it just like oh, yeah. the, what goes into, you know, not just being a professional hockey player, but uh, families, everything that that is rolled into that. It's, uh, takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of people being there and supporting um, their, you know, this guy. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. kudos to them, Casey. Sorry for that, like (laughs) long-winded response, but overall, super happy.
0: Yeah. It's fun perspective and it does matter because, you know, plays a role in and these guys' lives. And, you know, also yeah. on the ice, they love the support of their family. That's what makes home game so special is, uh, you know, being able to look up in, in the stands or look up on, on the glass and, you know, your family, your support system that gets you through these tedious seasons are right there. It's a breath of fresh air. And um, yeah, it's so crucial. And thank you so much for that perspective because it's exciting to kind of realize how human these guys can be as well. Um, but moving to another guy who's up and moving along right now on Monday's practice for the lightning, it was Rudy Balsers that finally practiced without a red Jersey. Um, saw him on the ice today. Looks good. Starting to get comfortable. I know a lot of people are like, wow, haven't heard that name in a while. And it wasn't any sort of roster issue. It was the fact that he collected an injury. Um, I believe it was Thanksgiving week or the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, so roughly sometime there in November. So good to see him back on the ice and practicing. And then Look, we talked so much about this first line, and I got a chance to sit with this guy today after practice, but Brandon Hagel picked up his 100th career point on an assist of Nikita Kucherov's goal last night, and unless there's anything else for us to get into in the breakout, Kaylee, um, then we'll pivot into some recapping Blue Jackets versus Lightning. Anything you can think of?
1: The only other thing I want to point out is that I was wrong. Steven Samkos, and, and maybe happily to be wrong, uh, Steven Samkos did not collect his 500th career goal oh on God the road. God. I thought that that was going to happen, but good news. There's an opportunity for him to get it done tomorrow mm-hmm. before the Lightning go back on a, on a very long very road long. trip. We're going Blues, Kraken, Canucks, Oilers, Flames, before they get back home, um, there's obviously the All Star break within there as well. Um, so it it's almost like you know the do or die time. Like if if Steven Samkos doesn't get it done in this next game, then it seems fairly likely that it will happen on the road um, because he's only two goals away. He's at 498, so he's yeah. so super close. Um so that's the the last thing that I wanted to mention in the breakout is that we are still on stammer
0: five hundred goal watch <laughs> We are still on stammer watch actually no it's super important too because it's funny um I was watching some of the interviews about the teammates anticipating ovechkin surpassing howie and when in that conversation they were like, you know, we wanted to feed him. We wanted it to happen in this game. We wanted it to happen in this game. But the focus of it just kind of like took away from some of the moments that geared him closer to getting there. And obviously uh Vichkin also joked about, you know, that that 802 goal being an empty netter. And he's like, you know, it's not really the cute, you know, not cute, but it's not <laughs> it's not the player that you want to notch that goal with, but it happened. So I think a lot of it too is the fact that everyone's on Stammer Watch. For this for this milestone in this moment it and does. the road trip games you guys probably have caught up on them by now but then last night at home you just saw everybody's heads just like waiting like every time the puck touched Sam or stick it was like oh, what's gonna happen the, the air started to get really thin <laughs> for everyone yeah, everybody's so, holding their breath yeah exactly so fingers crossed guys it would be it would be magnificent if you finally could collect on home ice but we will see, and as Kaylee mentioned, we'll definitely keep you posted. Uh, I'm sure that. his
1: teammates will also feed him some Casey. So yeah. I think that they have that in mind. So I'm sure that they'll they'll do everything they can to set up their teammate with with some success.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be an urgency too because home ice versus the away. This oh just tends to be wow. the story of Steven uh, Is so interesting, um, but yeah, thank you for mentioning that because I totally how do I forget about something this big is is what Stammer's about to do. That takes us into some game recap: uh, Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Tampa Bay Lightning last night. The Lightning pulled off a six-three victory uh now why the choice of words of pulled off casey they had plenty of moments where they were fully in control um of course they opened the scoring it was it was one of your favorites nikita kucherov Mm -hmm. opening the scoring i think it was a minute and 40 seconds in but i say pull off because you know post game yesterday between talking to coach we got to talk with the assistant coach today it was just kind of like some of those responding goals that the blue jackets put up were left a bad taste in these guys mouth they didn't they didn't love that that happened. And I think it was the third goal that took place. Bassi got up and slams his stick on the post. He was just not having it. He was like, come on, this is so unnecessary, which it was very unnecessary. So first and mm-hmm. foremost, uh, two goals in the first period, um, the bolts led significantly with shots on goal, which is a positive and something that, you know, Kaylee and I have talked about immensely on here, kind of get getting out to that hot, fast start. Um, but it was also the fact that they dominated the face-off circle. I mean, at most parts of the game, the Bolts were sitting at um, 0.700, while Blue Jackets were 300. They just really couldn't get uh, anything yeah. going, um, and the Bolts were able to take advantage of that. I would say, well, for the most part. What do you think of that first period, Kaylee, between Cooch's uh, goal and um, you know their ability to get into the lead there? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think the first period, like you look at like statistics and the way that they played, I think the first period actually might have been their best period all night. Um, Just the way that they were able to go out there and get things done, Um, you know, with those two goals, like you said, uh, one from Cooch opening it up fairly quickly and then Nick Paul on the power play. Um, so you like to see that this team had a few power play goals. They were three for four on the power play, actually. Um, so kudos to them for, for getting things done, both even strength and on the power play. Um, but I think, I think the first period was maybe their strongest period um, as like, whenever, you, whenever I'm like pulling up like the, the Corsi throughout the game, um, the, the lightning. Yeah. I mean, it like, kind of like, immediately like when you're looking at the line graph it's like clearly in the like it like goes straight up like this like in the lightning's favor uh for that first period and then for the most part it stayed in the lightning's favor in the second and third period um but i think what happened is that there are some slip-ups there are some like mistakes there are some things that happen that like you said you know it's 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 right for vastly to be frustrated at times because after that, it wasn't the cleanest game um, that this team could have played. And it's not that they ever really gave the Blue Jackets, like, a hand. Like, the Blue Jackets were never really close to winning this game. They never led at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they didn't even tie it up, right? So um, the closest they got was in the third period whenever they made it a two, uh, uh, like, a two, three game. Like they had just scored their second goal. The lightning had already had three, uh, but then the lightning came back out and they scored three goals back to back to make it six, two. And then you just don't like to see that. Like, you know, that last goal go in. Yeah. I, 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 and John Cooper talks about it, Casey, but I would have liked for it to stay six, two. I think that third goal was like mm, unnecessary. Um, it, It, it didn't, I just think that there were some times where there was like a few lapses um, mm-hmm. and because they had such a significant lead that it didn't really matter, but they still shouldn't have given those, those goals up. Um, I think that they were unnecessary and I think that they're, they they could have played better defense or a more sound structured game at times. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I, I think the, the first period, in my opinion was probably the best period that they had. But oh, what yeah. about you, Casey?
0: Oh, yeah. Their first period was was pretty fantastic. I mean, 21 shots on goal to get things going. <laughs> There's no yeah. better way to create an opportunity. Um, out of those 21 shots, they post two goals between Nick Paul and Nikita Kucherov. And, and then was, they held
1: them to only six shots. So, like, that's yeah. that's what I'm looking at. Like, the shot differential, super high in the first right. period, which is and- what you
0: want to see they did well at overwhelming this team. It just, mm-hmm. it, they did not allow, they kind of smothered them in a way. They didn't allow them to set up much of a structure. Um, you know, in that moment too, they they had some pretty decent takeaways. There was one in particular, Sergeyev had a takeaway in the D zone and pe- put up this beautiful pass to Hagel and Hagel had it. Um, he ended up drawing a penalty, a hooking penalty as he went one-on-one with the Blue Jackets goalie. But, there was just, there was flashy moments like that that you want to see a little bit more consistently. The unfortunate part is that this team is still struggling with almost equal measure of takeaways and giveaways back in the yeah. double digits for giveaways, 10 of them. And that's kind of where the Blue Jackets picked up the two out of three of their goals significantly yeah. was just, you know, some unfortunate giveaways in, in their zone. You can't do that. And I think that's where Bazzy's frustration came in because uh, it was very pre- preventable. You know, they could have held this team to one goal for the most part. And um, they've got to clean up those giveaways. You and I've talked about that here significantly on pucks and bolts. And yes. when you start contending against those teams, those top tier teams that, you know, are going to either be make it or break it for playoff scenarios, can't be giving them the puck. You can't be setting the opposing team up for success. And that was just kind of some of the the misfortune of last night, um, even though they won. So yes, completely yes. loved the first period, but they did, it was You know, you you just see that they also had a bad taste in their mouth coming off of that road trip. I think that's what a lot of that first period was about as well. Um, And then the goals, you know, Nikita Kucherov, even though we talk so much about his assists and his points in the league and where he stands, um, what's dangerous right now, Haley, to me is the fact that he's starting to creep up in that goal, in that goal tally. He's starting to register these goals. And he's doing it at such a sweet spot of the year. So to have such tremendous standings and points and assists and then to kind of be slowly getting your grasp and your claws into that goal column, it's it's a big lookout here for Nikita Kucherov and, and what's going on. And uh, chatting with both coaches between last night and today, they were talking about the significance of the Bolts D-men getting pucks through. And we talked about this as well. Now you're starting to see – you know, the defenseman more in the assist column on helping right away, you know, setting up that perfect pass so that these forwards can execute. So it was Eric Chernak with the assist on Nikita Kucherov's goal, which was tremendous. And that came from Brandon Hagel prior. That was Hegg's 100th career point. And then for Nick Paul, it's Victor Hedman. Hedman walked away with two points last night. And yeah. ever since that conversation with Brian Bradley, I feel like I don't know, maybe it would have been sweet whispers to his ear. His ears. I know. But every single game, Hedman is involved in helping set up his team for success and to be able to put up two points after probably what was a whirlwind of, I don't know, four days. Yeah. So early, being there for the wife, having this baby, taking a nap, getting into a game, it just speaks so much to not only the skill set that Victor Hedman has, which we can talk about forever on, on here, but it also just speaks to his leadership. And his mentality and, and how strong he comes through. So couldn't agree more with you about that first period. And then as you mentioned, Kaylee, and as we've talked about on pucks and bolts, the second period can just be a sneaky little situation for these guys. It, it, it's not, you know, sometimes it's one of their least momentous periods. Um, they started to change that up a little bit around the holiday road trip wise. We kind of saw them fall back into this habit. That's where uh, Columbus blue jackets pick up a goal and shortly thereafter it's nemestikov that responds with a breakaway this was the exciting part of the second period like wake fans back up um i love seeing him get on the board he's such a quiet token guy yesterday and post game he had no voice <laughs> so it was oh, really hard yeah. to get- questions. And, and so like after we wrap up, he's like, sorry guys, I just have no voice. Like I could have said more, but what she still said, he still said plenty. Um, his vision on the ice we've talked about is, is so underrated. His speed is underrated and that one-on-one that he had was just a, a beautiful goal, but it's important to see these guys starting to get on the board and create chances and, you know, to see how dangerous they can be with time and space. And I think there's a lot of sneaky guys that we're going to realize hey, they're just as good or they're just as significant when given time and space on the ice to do things. Um, So got to give a big shout out to Vladdy for that second period goal.
1: Yeah, a huge shout out to him. Now, Casey, you're you're mentioning some positives. I'm actually well with that second period goal, um, but kind of following in your footsteps on your disappointment in the second period. I have two things that stand out to me and I have to mention them on here. (laughs) The first of which is as good as this first line is Brandon Hagel, Braden point, Nikita Kucherov. They also are letting up an unprecedented amount of goals while they're on the ice. So yes, they had one goal (laughs) or yesterday, but they allowed three goals against leaving all three of them at a negative two mark at the end of the game. And part of the reason that this is happening is because you mentioned it, the takeaways Um, they're getting a little bit too cute at times, which can happen. These guys are so good. They're so talented, um but they can overpass they can overthink um mm-hmm. that's something that Nikita Kucherov has specifically struggled with um is that that he can he can get a little too cute he can try to make the extra pass try to make the extra play and it's not always necessary sometimes you just have to shoot the puck so yeah. while they are scoring a decent amount this first line is not doing as well as they need to be doing at both defending for checking and, and, and being there being really stout. So that's an area that Brandon Hagel is really good at, and he can increase that first lines ability to do that, but also they have to, dial back sometimes the cuteness, um, especially in a game. And I understand you're winning the game. I understand. It's not like it's, it's, you know, you won six, three, there was, you, they, they never led, they never even tied it. I get all of those things, but you're not always going to face a team like the blue jackets. There's going to be times where you're facing a better team that will take advantage of you. And you have to create those habits throughout all games during practices, whether you're playing the blue jackets or whether you're playing the Leafs, I don't care. You have to have that same type of mentality that any of these teams can, can go against you and they are gunning for you. You went to Mm -hmm. the Stanley cup finals three years in the row in a row. You won two championships back to back years. Um, These, all of these teams are still gunning for you and you have to go out there and produce correctly so that's my first little um hitch in in my like you know w- when I give a, I give shout outs when shout outs are due right. but I also have to call you out whenever
0: that is due as well so first I mentioned that though because a perfect example of what you're saying Kaylee is out of 10 games last night four of those teams had comebacks and the Penguins particularly had a three-goal comeback so when you're playing against specific teams, just as you said, you know, if you start getting cute, thinking we're winning, we have the lead, they've never taken the lead or tied us, that can be problematic. So, and getting to the point that we are on the season, somebody's going to make you pay for that, that cuteness.
1: Yeah, exactly. Second thing is, I don't know if you noticed this, but they switched up the lines a little bit again. Anthony Sorelli, Alex Killorn, and Steven Stamkos, a mixture that we saw quite a bit over the last few years. Those guys are back together on a line. In fact, they had over 10 minutes of time on ice together as a line. So Nick Paul now not with those guys anymore, because I know that there was like some switching things up. Um, The the Cooper shuffle, as you like to call it, uh, kept going on. I like those guys together, and I think their rhythm will come. Um, but I just want to I just wanted to note that that was actually the only line that didn't produce last night. So they're the only line that didn't score a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, that's not indicative of the way that they're playing because they're a really good line, but it is one of those things where sometimes, even if you know each other very, very well, like Anthony Sorelli, Alex and Steven Samkos, they know each other very well. These, these, yeah. I mean, Alex Kalorn and Steven for Samkos God, have been on the same team uh, with the Lightning for years. They're a core group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Kalorn and Anthony Sorelli almost always and exclusively play together. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys know each other very well, but it will still take just a little bit of time for them to kind of get that comfortability and for us to see them start producing a little bit more. So I I think that this line will produce you just have to give them a little bit of time. And I'm really hoping that both Alex Killorn and Anthony Sorelli feed Steven Stamco so that he does get that 500 goal on home ice in this upcoming game as they take on the Canucks uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I think so, Casey, they- those, those are the two things I want to mention is like the top two lines, we're not seeing their best performances right now. Mm-hmm. And they still won 6-3, but we're still not seeing the best performances from these top two
0: lines. No, I think that you know, you mentioned something key there about them still kind of trying to figure out the chemistry. Um, as well as Alex Kalorn and Sorelli know and play with each other, and especially Killer and Sammer, that was a changeup that happened earlier in the season for a second. Uh, for some reason, I, I'm not a big fan of the three of them on a line with the way the other lines are playing. I think that they're oh, they have better okay. teams elsewhere rather than trying to lock them in to a line. Um, I think I mentioned it episode here, or maybe recently in a conversation, but I was saying like something really unique about the lightning is they're not particularly that team that has to have a babysitter on every line. And I think when they kind of try to create those, those super lines or, you know, a line where you have this, the babysitter on there, it changes the, the flow and the dynamic. They have different reasons what, as to what ignites them and surges them. I think sometimes it's, um, better to put Kalorn in a position where he feel like he could be one of the skill, more skilled players on a line, because um, then you see a different hustle out of out of Killer. Sorelli is very consistent, very steady Eddie, so he is someone you can plug anywhere. Like I said, we were gonna see if he liked the nickname, the plug, and then of course Stamkos just has you know his his uniqueness to his game. So for some reason, the three of them on a the line, it doesn't click for me. I don't love it. But we'll see what happens because you're right. I think these guys are going to want to set up Stammer tomorrow and they're going to try to put Stammer in the best position to do so. But he was red hot when he had Nick Paul next to him. And I, and I love, um, you know, when Stammer and Paul get a chance to be on the same line, I think they started to learn a lot from one another,
1: but uh, heading. Was there, the- any, huh? was there any Cooper shuffle today at practice whenever you were there? Did you notice any different lines or anything
0: changed? There's always a little bit – that's what I was trying to pull up really quickly. There was a little bit of Cooper shuffle also because, like I mentioned, with bolsters kind of being back in and oh, seeing yes. where and how much they'll use him. So let's see really mm-hmm. quickly what those lines were so I can get that right for you guys, Boltz fans. Um, so then, yeah, well, it was just bolsters rotating in. So about the same. Hagel Point, Kucherov, top yeah. line. really Stammer, Killorn, Second, Colton, Paul, Maroon, third, Domestikoff, Belly, Perry, fourth, Walters ro- rotating in. So um, no big change there. The one thing that we have seen a lot, though, is morning skate. That's where uh, I typically check the lines because that's yeah. where they'll move one or two little pieces mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, all of a sudden. It's funny, too, because there's been times we've been here on Pucks and Bolts and we're like, we love this this setup. We love how this yeah. setup, skate comes and goes and they move two people around. So Yeah, Totally. Um, While I don't – while, you know, Killer and Sorelli and Stammer being on that second line, we'll see. You made a great point as to giving them a little bit more time. It's the third line. It's Colton, Paul, and Maroon that deserve some love and some spotlighting. For one, I have to say that Ross Colton's name hasn't been called enough in the past few games. But last night, significantly, he had a motor on him. I mean, he was all over the ice, creating chances, sticking to guys. I love the fact that I think players underestimate how physical Ross Colan actually can be. Um, he tried to contribute to a few of those takeaways. I think he maybe collected one of the nine from last night's game. And then finally, in the third period, uh, Ross Cullen picks up a goal. And so, ninth goal of the season, assist comes from Pat Maroon. And right shortly behind that is, is Nick Paul. But I feel like this line generated a lot of quality chances. But I think a lot of that plays into the fact that Pat Maroon's game has significantly started to pick up ever since that road yeah. trip that they opened up versus Buffalo. And then they went to Boston and stuff. I think that was a huge turning point for Pat Maroon. But then Nick Paul, he might equally be a guy like Anthony Sorelli that you can put anywhere. He has such a broad, you know, vision and, and scope of the game. His hockey IQ, I think is spectacular. Whenever you talk to yes. him, he gets the most insight and information and, You know he'll break it down for you in a way that's very understandable for someone who's never played the game but still you know it gives you something to look for next time you watch so for him to have such perspective and such hockey iq of course a guy like that can fit in on any line and be you know a huge factor and a leader on any line
1: yeah i agree um i think that those guys work really well together And, uh, to your point, Pat Maroon, isn't the guy that is just chirping and fighting people. He's, he's, he's consistently, uh, helping out his teammates and Casey, it kind of reminded me of, of something that was on your wish list, which was for the third and fourth line to get more involved. And we're seeing it, we're seeing it pay out, um, with some of these line shuffles. So, um, with Nick Paul, Ross Colton, uh, on the third line, you're seeing them produce. You're seeing the fourth line produce um, mm-hmm. with Corey Perry and um, and Pierre-Edouard Belmar. You're seeing all of these guys kind of come into their stride, and this is the perfect time that they need to come to their stride. On that note, Casey, is it time for us to maybe pick some cherry pickers?
0: Um, yes, two things to mention. One being okay. left- part of Brayden point pressing in for a goal and drawing a penalty of his own turning around and picking up the power play goal. It's just, it speaks to the swagger the silent swagger. That is Braden point. Yes. And it's funny because um, I think that they were talking in the locker room today about, about pointer and you know, where he's at statistically in the season right now. And Pat Maroon was saying that he think he's, or he was, he was like, I believe he has nine consecutive goals at home right now. And then he laughs at himself and he goes, but I don't even think Pointer would realize that he's on a streak right now <laughs> because yeah. he's such an even-kill guy. And so you just love the humility of somebody who has so much skill and, honestly, so much swagger. I can't say anything other than swag when it comes to Braden Point. But that was that was a nice uh, moment in the game yesterday because as soon as it happened, everyone's like, oh, man, he's due a goal, he's due a goal. And as soon as half of yes. out he turns he picks up the, the power play goal. So that was a fun part. And then – it was like one minute, 26 seconds after that is when Ross Fulton got his ninth goal of the season. And as I mentioned, had a really good game. But it's Nick Perbix that needs a highlight here for a second. Um, for starters, with the shots is on he goal. your
1: cherry picker or are you just highlighting him?
0: I'm highlighting. Actually, maybe I'll save him. Maybe I'll save him. I'll leave us with this before we pivot into cherry picker. Okay. 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 <laughs> He's had 36 shots on goal first. Um, I think it was in September this season. And they matched that season high last night. So it was a watch that me and uh, one of the guys, Tom, I'm not going to butcher his last name, but I love chatting with Tom in the press box where we were on the watch for it. So um, they hit that season high, just uh, another time out there. And I think it was either Buffalo or the Detroit Red Wings was the last time that they hit 46 goals. So two career high shots on goal for this for this squad, um Kaylee, let's head into cherry pickers if I didn't already lose to mine.
1: Oh no, you're fine, you're fine. Okay, mine has to be uh Victor Hedman because after going through everything that you went through, helping, you know, being there for your wife, being there for your family, welcoming in a second child, I know what that's like. I know the amount of sleep that you get whenever you welcome in a baby. Um and then welcoming a baby and you already have a toddler, you're getting even less sleep. So the fact that Victor Hedman was able to come out, get two points, uh, play 23 minutes over 23 minutes, uh heck of a game by Victor Hedman, especially on the power play. Um, just really like the way that he plays out there on the power play, um, just leading and directing guys. So, mm-hmm. He has to be, I mean, you just look at what he does. He set up Nick Paul. He set up Nikita Kucherov. He's my guy. He's the cherry picker. Uh, and of course, congratulations again to him and his family.
0: Yeah. Honestly, the top pick always, and he's, he's not human. I'm just going to go with that. Um, yeah, otherworldly. I'm, cherry picker. I'm staying with the, with the defenseman over here, but I'm going to Nick Furvix If I didn't already make that obvious. Um, there's so much to rave about when it comes to Nick Purvix, but for one, a couple of things that came to mind in last night's game that made him my, my choice was the fact that he had a career high of seven shots on goal, and um, it was so funny because he didn't even realize that he had posted up that many shots on goal, which just tells you how how smart and strategic he is on the ice and how you know much of an instrument he is in in a flow. When this team is in their structure, a guy like Nick Purvix is – is going to be crucial because he doesn't have to think twice about anything. He's getting that puck forward. He's not overthinking anything. Like you mentioned earlier in the segment, that can be dangerous when players sit there and overthink. So just to see how fluid of a player, of a defenseman, that he can be and to contribute offensively is always going to be huge for this team. So not only the seven shots on goal that he had last night, but uh, also notice that Nick Perfix was on the top line for four on four in one of those circumstances. So it also shows you how much this team already trusts There's been so much rave about him, but the thing that has been mentioned here and there, but not harped on enough is just how smart he is as a hockey player. Um, I mentioned hockey IQ when it comes to Nick Paul, Nick Perbix is right up there in the same conversation. So just between, you know, being 24 years old, extending that contract. Getting plugged into this team a couple months ago, um, learning from a guy like Sergei and already being such an asset in so many ways, his team can rely on him without thinking twice about it. And I think that's huge. And with a team that's been trying to find consistent strides between their deep pairings and um, better play and consistency and closing of gaps on the defense. Purvix is already playing a huge role in that. So he skates so well, he's able to get back after applying pressure and in the Ozone, and I'm just a big fan of this kid. So happy that he'll be here. So Nick Purbix is my cherry picker.
1: Oh, I think that's a great cherry picker. Um, I uh, Yeah, I think that the the Lightning, while it wasn't a perfect game, and they'll acknowledge that, and like you said, Casey, they were a little frustrated with themselves about how things went. Vassie frustrated with them a little bit about how things went. Uh, I think that it's a perfect opportunity for them to continue making strides in their game uh, Mm -hmm. as they look to face the Canucks. Casey, we're not going to spend too much time on the preview, but do you have any insights uh, from maybe what happened in practice today Mm -hmm. as they look to take on Vancouver?
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. So there was an exercise the team was doing that I found really I, – I love the things that this coaching staff puts together for these guys, and I love to see how it rolls over into the game uh, the night after. Hopefully they don't always have practice before games, but um, when they do, it's so interesting to see how it translates and rolls over. So initially at one point of practice they were doing this little, this little skills challenge where there's three pucks lined up in the middle of the ice, uh, blue team versus white team, and they'd have to go grab the puck, head towards the goalies, make the shot. If they didn't make the shot, they had to clean up the puck and have a fast stop and bring the puck right back to the line. So that, to me, translated as making sure that you're keeping your eyes on the puck, especially if it doesn't go in the net and you're able to create a boundary or, you know, a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Completely different. I'm anyway it's along the lines of a boundary but you have to be able to (laughs) it's for rebound yes our producers like rebound it's in order to contain the rebound and obviously utilize the rebound to be another goal or shot opportunity um the word's going to come to me later i'm going to feel like such an idiot but anyway boundaries (laughs) but it's just showing how he coach wants them to contain and be able to pick up the trash, pick up those rebounds, and still use them as opportunities. So that skill I felt like was crucial in today's practice because some of those giveaways that happened and some of those circumstances where they turned over the puck were them not protecting their rebounds or being quick to mm-hmm. the puck to, to get, gain control of rebounds or sloppy passes, which we've talked about a lot too here. So that was the biggest thing that I noticed in practice was they were working on a lot of shots. They're always working on not keeping the puck on their stick too long And uh, Coach Cooper mentioned that as well. You know, it's just you either look in playing with your head up. So you're either going to take the shot or you're going to pass the puck, but you're trying not to overpass. So I think that they were immediately on top of the mistakes that they made last night. They played all of that in practice today, and the, the spirits were high. Everybody was in such a great mood. At one point, we're in the middle of interviewing guys, and the song song starts playing in the locker room. Bogo did it as a joke and left the locker room with the iPads so nobody could change it. So that was a fun moment. Yeah, just seeing their personalities. Oh, and another funny that people must know before, or basically fully transitioning into the Stormwatch versus the Canucks, is uh, Luke Shin was down in the tunnels. When we wrapped up in the locker room, waiting for a coach, and he was getting ready to do a podcast, and moments after he got down there and he's getting himself situated, you've got Braden Point coming around the corner, Nikita Kucherov, and I'm drawing a blank on who the third player was. With players coming around the bend, but he looks at Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov, and he's like, "I, I'm just not looking forward going against YouTube beauties tomorrow." <laughs> 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 he went, took his head like. How many days do you have to – how many days do you have to take and prep yourself to go up against that first – our first line? It's just – Oh, insane. man. That was Luke Shin's greeting to his former teammates is, I'm not looking forward against – going against you guys. There was a little profanity in there, of course. YouTube I YouTube beauties. There. Yeah, he's like, but I'm just not looking forward, looking again, looking forward to going against YouTube beauties for Oh, I love um, it. Babe. Which takes us into the Canucks. They sit six in the sp- – Specific words, it, words, words, words. The Pacific. fact that I no, no caffeine and rolling, guys. You don't even get it. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh. Six days in the <laughs> Pacific, below five hundred seventeen wins. Um, but this team should never be counted out, depending on their or because of their statistics. Um, yeah. There's a guy that comes to mind. I had a conversation. As we know, the NHL All-Star roster was revealed last week, and everybody likes to talk about snubs or different situations. So I had a little bit of a, a video piece together of guys that I think that belong. And I went division by division. And in, in the Pacific, um, I had dry sidle, but I also had Bo Horvat. 29 goals, 45 points. He's a killer in the face off circle when he's feeling himself that night. And if there's one thing that's probably held him back the least bit This season is the fact that he is going through contract negotiations. He mentioned on 32 Thoughts, you know, he wished that information and stuff would stay in the summer. It is kind of prolonged into the season. So having those kind of mental off-the-ice situations going on could play to your game. And if that is playing a role in his game, 29 goals, 45 points is still a hell of a lot to be proud of. So Horvat with a lot to prove when you're going through contract conversations, he can be a sneaky guy for this team. And uh, the Canucks are not a team that you're going to want to have a bunch of giveaways with. Nope. And you're not going to want to let off the gas just because they're not tying you or taking a lead at any point.
1: My, my biggest point is, feed Stamkos the I, puck. I, <laughs> I'm going to leave it I, that. I, I, That's all. Know, Get him a hat you. trick. Get him to 501. Let's do it. Let's do it on home ice. Blow it out of the water. Feed Stammer the puck. End of story. Yep.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um. I Seriously, I would be ecstatic if this is where it happens. But I'm just, after us predicting the road trip and which game and stuff, I'm just, I know. Man, I, I'm biting my tongue over here. But um, I guess like if I had to pick two keys for tomorrow night's game, my first key would obviously be the fact of not letting off the gas because something to keep in mind, the Canucks enter this game sitting seventh in the league in goals on even strength at 91. So they know how to put up goals. They know how to find the back of the net. It's probably their inability to defend well, also their inability to you know, maintain or protect their leads. They're not so quick to, to play a big defensive game. And oh, by the way, this team loves to wrap up penalties, so that'll be my second key. Stay out of the box, no stupid mistakes, no tripping, no hooking. Everyone's responsible for their stick. And when we talk about guys who like to load up in the box, we're talking about former Lightning player JT Miller, 34 minutes in the penalty box this season. But, oh, that is not even as bad as it gets, guys. It's Luke Shin, another former Bolt with 54 minutes in the penalty box. I thought that you were going to mention Shin first. I was like, here Uh, it comes. (laughs) I I had to lead into that differently because, you know, two former Bolts, love these guys played with these guys are have a good understanding of some of these guys that are still on the roster the lightning and you know we've seen that while they may be friends off the ice and on social media and they'll check on each other via tweet via tweet and text here and there you know it's it's all game it's all tunnel vision on the ice so if you've got guys like this that rack up penalties you don't want to put yourself in a situation where this turns into a special teams game but if it comes down to it the Lightning will will be well-prepared and groomed because special teams are starting to pick up and do well, Kaylee. lot um, for them to be proud of there. I think they sit seventh in the league, actually. The Lightning sit seventh in the league for five on four uh, goals for throughout the NHL. That's a mouthful to say. And uh, the Canucks are three spots below at 10. So you can tell that they don't mind trying to capitalize off of penalty opportunities, and then right underneath Lucien is Tyler Myers at 49 minutes in the penalty box. So discipline structure and getting not letting off the gas whatsoever is going to be crucial versus this Canucks team. And I thought an interesting question came up in postgame game uh, regarding you know film and how you they prepare for certain teams and certain guys, especially when you know they don't play this team that much, and this is their first faceoff versus the Canucks. And coach said it's not overthinking it. It's just knowing those problematic players and when you have to contain them. So, for instance, you know, if there's a killer on the power play, they know that they have to isolate him and kind of keep them from getting a hot streak there. And I think that they'll have the same preparation for this. So we trust these guys to be smart, uh, stay out of the box. If these guys keep racking up stupid penalties, then you went three for four on power plays last night, make sure that that special team is ready to work. And who knows, maybe two stammer one timers will come of tomorrow night to get them 500.
1: (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. We will be on stammer watch. So be sure to follow along at pucks and bolts on Twitter. And then of course, we're going to recap their game against the Canucks. So be sure to follow us at Pucks and Bolts wherever you get your podcast. The best place to do it is the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, turn on the auto download function. So anytime we have a new episode, it comes straight to you. And let me tell you that Casey has been getting some one-on-one interviews that you are not going to want to miss. So be sure to become an auto-downloader so that you are always up to date with the latest and greatest in Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can find me at Kaylee Mizell. She's Casey Hudson. You can find her at The Sports Case. That's K-A-S-E. We will see you guys next time.